Howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Jared Goodstat, creator of the hit musical podcast Baron Banjo and founder of Audio Up Media. Did you know that we have a brand new fiction podcast out with none other than Stephen King? It's called Strawberry Spring and it stars Garrett Hedlund, Sidney Sweeney, and Milo Ventimiglia. And it's available right now wherever you get your podcasts. If you're a fan of Stephen King's legendary catalog, then this eight-episode series is right up your alley. And with Halloween just around the corner, Strawberry Spring is a perfect mix of suspense, fright, and mystery. Check it out today from Audio Up Media and find it wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, when we started this project, we were not sure how hard it would be to edit, record everything, and then eventually distribute. But then luckily, someone told us about Anchor. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. Secondly, they have creation tools that will allow you to record and edit directly from your phone or your computer. They distribute your podcast for you. And the best thing is you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, it's Jalil. Now I want to tell you about my new favorite plant-based protein bar. It's Loopy. L-U-P-I-I, two eyes, made from the lupini bean, which has three times the protein of eggs, two times the protein of chickpeas, and three times more fiber than oats. Loopy bars are protein-rich, vegan, sustainable, plant-based fuel that will keep you running like a boss all day. Now for me, I use these as a post-workout pick-me-up because I just I need that at my age, you know what I'm saying? A little something to get me going. Makes the perfect snack. These nutty, fruity bars will fill you up and keep you going all day. Vegan, non-GMO, gluten-free, no sugar added. That part is important because I'm addicted to sugar. Kosher, and would you believe me if I told you that they really do taste great? I'm serious. Loopy bars come in four delicious flavors. Peanut butter cacao, uh, almond butter cinnamon raisin, that's my favorite, Tahini lemon cranberry and new cashew ginger pumpkin seed. I'm gonna have to jump on that because I feel these holidays coming around. I prefer the almond butter myself, though. The almond butter cinnamon is my joint. Right now, Loopy is offering 20% off your first online order at Get Loopy. That's two eyes, getloopy.com. Use the code EVER at checkout to get free shipping on all orders. That's Loopy, L U P I I, two eyes. Visit getloopy.com slash EVER. Don't forget those slashes because you want your discount. Hey folks, Jalil here. Now I must say, I've been enjoying this podcast life. Surprisingly more than I ever knew I could. 
bonding with fellow child entertainers in my era. It's been a very unique opportunity to go very deep with some amazing individuals whose work continue to inspire. Some of them old friends and now some of them new. But quarantine cannot keep us down, people. The Zoom revolution is in full effect. And season one of Ever After the Podcast will forever be a COVID time capsule and so much more. But believe it or not, Ever After was originally a concept for TV. Yes, I wanted to join my guests out in the real world, doing activities and enjoying great meals and driving fantastic cars and getting off the beaten path, even getting our families together. That's what I wanted. And that's exactly what happened with my guests on today's podcast. Way back before quarantine, we actually filmed the pilot episode of Ever After, and I got to spend some quality time with my good friend and legend of Beverly Hills 90210 fame, Brian Austin Green. I pulled up on Brian, and uh, I took him out for a nice meal at the Peddler's Fork in, in Calabasas. We chopped it up over our varying perspectives of how we got our start in Hollywood, our family lives, and our 90s fashion sense. You'd be surprised. Brian's mom ruined his fashion sense, and my mom ruined mine. <laughs> um, we, uh, just to make it official, the next day we brought our kids and we continued the conversation over some acrobatics at this spot called Defy Gravity in Thousand Oaks. Man, it sucks that we lost that place during COVID. Hopefully it comes back strong. It is the best place to take your kids and just tire them out. Defy gravity in Thousand Oaks. Go if you get a chance if they reopen. But we had a blast. And most importantly, we solidified what has been a great friendship. He's my brother. He's a great dude. He's a fellow thespian. And he put himself in show business. Here's my conversation pre-COVID with the one and only Brian Austin Green. A comfortable car. There it is, man. I only send the best for you. <laughs> How you doing? How are you, man? You look good, man. Good to see you. I like it. I like it. See, you're wearing the, the purple and gold. I got to. Otherwise, Snoop heckles you. Brian and I met shooting a pilot for Good Morning Miss Bliss. Now, that pilot never went anywhere, but it became Saved by the Bell. Are you Lakers or Clippers? Bro? I'm an L.A. fan. From there, Brian went on to do Beverly Hills 90210, and his life didn't stop. As an adult, Brian is always working. You've seen him in things like Anger Management, The Sarah Connor Chronicles, and Desperate Housewives. So whose decision was it to even for you to even be in the business? Was it your mom's? Was it an uncle? Was it a family member? No, honestly, it was, it was mine. I was going to a performing arts school, and a kid that I rode the bus with was doing commercials and had tons of money. So I was like, where'd you get that 20? He was like, oh, I do commercials. I get, you know, my parents let me take a percentage. So I don't even know what a percentage is, but that sounds awesome. <laughs> so I had no intention of being an actor at that point. I, I went to school for music. My dad is a drummer. That was my world. I thought for sure I'd be a drummer in some band somewhere. 90210, when you see your old self, <laughs> how, how does it make you feel? How do you think it makes me feel? <laughs> Judging just by my laugh. I wish I had more friends. <laughs> Wait. I wish I had people that really cared about me that, that, that are like, you can't wear that. <laughs> you can't do your hair like that. Stop. Stop. I know it was a sign of the times. Like I know the 90s where they were in transition. So people didn't really know what was going on. With it, was that, it was that weird period. You didn't have any friends. Nobody gave a damn about me. But that was, <laughs> gave a damn. But, like, but Urkel was, that was your job description. And you did it really well. You went for it because that was funny. Damn. People expected that. How long have we actually technically known each other? 
God, how old were we when we, when we shot Miss Bliss? I felt like I was like nine. You weren't a teenager, like 12? No, 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 11? I wasn't a teenager. Okay, no, no, so you were about 12, about nine and 12. I was a little younger than you, actually. You were younger. Yeah. And I can see in your acting, because your acting was better than mine <laughs> at the time when I looked back. Actually, no, that's, I, I've seen that scene that I had. It wasn't that good. Now, at what point did you learn that Good Morning, Miss Bliss was the pilot for Saved by the Bell? I remember when I learned that, but I remember they called originally after the pilot was picked up and they, they wanted us as a cast to move to Florida to shoot. I was like, they asked you to move to Florida? Yeah. It's like, I'm not moving to Florida. No way. They didn't ask me to move to Florida, so I guess I was fired quick. <laughs> like, replace him. <laughs> There's got to be a Florida version of Jaleel. Hilarious. <laughs> we didn't have Instagram and Facebook. At what point did you know you were famous? That's a moment for everybody. You know, we did the first season of 90210 and nobody watched. And it wasn't until we had these summer episodes where we had new shows on when other shows were in rerun and the kids were off from school that all of a sudden it caught on and it was like overnight. It went from nobody was watching to everyone was watching. That was when I realized like, oh, people are watching this show. Like this means something. After that, I got recognized at the gas station. And I was like, okay. It's, it's on now. This is this is a good job. For me, it was always airports. Urkel was, I mean, that, that character was, you were king of the world. But it was humbling because you literally stepped off a plane and in each territory, that's where you learned yeah. how much they loved you. Yeah. And for me, like New York was always a big territory. Like arriving in New York was a thing. That's when you got the paps. Your character was so different from you. When you'd show up in those places, people get to know Urkel they don't get to know Jaleel White the same way. Yeah. So you had a bit of anonymity within yourself. Oh, there's no anonymity with these eyes. There's no anonymity. <laughs> Not with the eyes so much, but like with, with your day-to-day -day life. With 90210, we were playing what people perceived as versions of ourselves. Right. So you couldn't step out of that. There were positive aspects of it. That stuff like traveling, meeting people, buying cars and homes and stuff like that. But then there were the negative effects of it also. There was the mm -hmm. phase of like feeling really insecure because I had no anonymity. So it was like, you felt like you were on all the time and that's impossible to do. Plus I was young and I was growing up on camera. So it was like, I just felt like I was judged by everybody. And then as I got older, then I learned to not give a shit. But at first, I was like, I, I didn't want to make any mistakes on camera because people talked about it. Yeah. People wow. cared about it. People were interested in who you were for the good side, the good stuff, and the bad stuff. I felt equally judged. I remember the first time I ended up in People Magazine for something I wore. And obviously- negative? Yeah, oh, hugely negative. And, and what was worse is we didn't have stylists back then. Right. My mom dressed me, dog. My mom took me to American Rag and she bought this little outfit and put it together. Yeah. And I remember it was this blue navy blue vest that like stopped right here. Mm -hmm. And the, the magazine was like, it looks like Jaleel White should be serving us a quesadilla. And I've never forgotten that insult because I was, I was 14 years old. Those are those formidable years. 100%. Like already, I mean, you see kids at school and they're so concerned with what they're wearing and who their friends are and what groups they're in. And, you multiply that by a million. Today's audiences require compelling video storytelling to win their attention. 
But the creative process can still be inefficient and demanding for creators. Storyblocks makes it possible for creators to keep up with the growing demands for premium video content so you can bring all your stories to life and stop sacrificing your vision due to time, budget, or resources. Storyblocks is a stock footage service that offers simple, affordable subscriptions plus unlimited downloads on over 1 million royalty-free video clips so you can create more video faster, easier, and with no friction. Every creator should have a Storyblocks subscription. Storyblocks features state-of-the-art tools that scale to meet your needs. Browse an ever-expanding library of 1 million plus high-quality stock assets, including 4K HD footage, After Effects, and Premiere Pro templates, music, images, sound effects, and more. Assets are royalty-free, so you can use your downloads anywhere for commercial and personal use. Whether you're an emerging filmmaker or an old media pro, Storyblocks is your key to creation. Visit storyblocks.com slash ever for special offers. That's storyblocks.com slash ever. Check it out now. Hey y'all, it's them. It's Jaden. It's Carly Hansen. It's Oliver Tree. What's going on? It's Ian Dior, and we all know Valentine's Day is the most romantic time of the year. Whatever. My friends and I are about to turn the whole holiday upside down in our new scripted holiday series, Valentine's Day in Hell. First, we spent Halloween in hell. Now, you're invited to be a part of the next musical podcast from our In Hell series. This time around, the devil is playing games with all of our hearts, trying to ruin our Valentine's Day plans by dragging us down to the depths of hell. In each episode, you're going to hear new original music from artists like Ian Dior, Jaden, Carly Hansen, and me, Fat. Tune into the Valentine's Day in Hell comedy horror musical podcast. Subscribe for full episodes, bonus material, and original music. This February, check out Valentine's Day in Hell. Brought to you by Audio Up and Podcast One. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. I remember my mom dressed me for a long time. My mom used to lay out on my bed like what I would wear for the day. That's you love. Can't though, keep though. doing this. That's love. Your mom's dressing you like that. She was laying out vests and all color coordinated. For what events? Just, we talk about just, just for life, just for school. Just because it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Wear this vest with these jeans because they coordinate. <laughs> I love it. Brian and I ran into each other, and we decided to link up and defy gravity in LA. He brought his kids, and I brought mine. And I'll just take all of All right, socks on. Smile, they're beating us. Daddy! And they're, and they're younger than us. Let's do it. That can't happen. Come on, get that other one off. I take my time. What is journey? I lost a kid already. Do kids come here and just lose their minds all day. I come here with them because I'm like, I'm gonna wear them out. <laughs> Doesn't work. The only place where I can still wear her out is Disneyland. Oh, wait a minute. Ah, so close. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Cause that just made me look old. <laughs> Getting out of these sucks. Isn't that like a metaphor for life though? Getting in is easy. <laughs> sort of, yeah. It's that exit plan nobody's yeah. ready for. First 30 days as a dad. First 30 days as a dad. What was that for you? For me it was positive because I was constantly surprising myself at what I was good at, that I thought I wasn't gonna be good at. I don't know how to hold a kid or I don't know how to do any of this. And then you hold the kid and you go, I can do this. Changing a diaper, I can do this. I'm pretty good at it, but you know. And it's that fight or flight thing of like, you have a kid now, there's no, 
You can't be bad at a diaper. You better get good at changing a diaper because <laughs> no you have to change a diaper. This kid depends on it. Well, you're going to have a lot of shitty days. <laughs> I really like this shirt. So it was just unlocked. It was like, okay, this is what you do now. And I loved, I loved being a dad. At what point did your kids know that mommy and daddy are different? They're famous. They've known for a while that, that mom is special. They're just learning that I do what I do only because we just did the 90210 reboot. Okay. And so they did press stuff for that and they sent like posters to our house. And so they saw me on a poster and they were like, oh, you're on a And so they each have a poster in their bedroom. Right. I was fine with it because all of a sudden it made me cooler. In the beginning, <laughs> Samaya's nice Samaya's relationship with my fame was really, was really interesting. It only registered at Disneyland. <laughs> when you got stuff for her. Yeah, because exactly. <laughs> Before then, people would ask me to take a picture. Mm-hmm. and she just wanted to photobomb. Then she reached an age, too, where she would get sassy. And if somebody like wanted to ask me you know, for a photo, she almost wanted reassurance that she could stop that photo and get my attention. Right. So it was like, all of a sudden, she needed something. Daddy, I, I need I said, baby, I'm, oh. I'm, I'm taking a picture. I need. And then the latest stage, which has really been cool, was she wrote a paper in school, man. And she had to describe somebody that she admired, and she wrote a paper about me. Really, and it was like I was at open house, man. That's I'm like, amazing. I I got through half of this thing, and I actually kind of had to like stop reading because I was like yeah. tearing up. Yeah. And one of the things that she wrote, I really admire that my daddy takes pictures with people when I know he doesn't want to. Sometimes that's really cool. That's really observant. It reaffirms something that I know instinctively is that they don't really want to listen to us. They do though, but on some they level. watch yeah. everything yeah. we do. Now, do you miss the days before you had your kids? Or is that just gone? No. <laughs> I don't it? miss it, no. Because I, I really lived life. So did you. Don't <laughs> I mean, tell on me, man. Don't <laughs> tell on me. <laughs> but I mean, I was in a club way before I should have been in a club. I was promoting clubs at 15, 16. <sighs> By the time I turned 21, I was like, eh, I'm kind of cool on drinking. Wow. <laughs> I've done it already. Yeah. Wow. yeah, that ship had sailed. So by the time I had my first kid, I was almost 30. And I felt like this is the time when you're supposed, like, I need to slow it down now. I've done all that dirt. Now it's time to slow it down and, like, have a kid and be responsible. So that was conscious of you. Yeah. I mean, look, those were the, the bumps and bruises. But yeah. now at this point, I mean, look, I've, I I couldn't be more thrilled yeah. about being uh, about being my daughter's father. At least you only have one. Yeah, no, I'm not outnumbered. Um, I'm not outnumbered. That was always an important thing with me. It's, you seem to enjoy being outnumbered. It's just a different, it's a different perspective on parenting. Yep. Like my wife and I, we got really good at man to man, and then you have three, and all of a sudden you have to play zone. You have to, okay, I'll cover the door in this yeah. half of the room. You cover that half, and then if a kid steps in our zone. Then we got it covered. You get used to that. And then you start playing zone by yourself. You start going, yeah, I can do this. <laughs> well, now you got two. You can block them. Ah. Ooh. Ah. We got High five. Ah. Ah. Let's see ya. <laughs> As a former child actor, would you want your kids to be an actor? I wouldn't deter them from acting. But I wouldn't put them in acting necessarily. I wouldn't be like, hey, you're really good looking, so let's go to set and do it. But 
if you're into it, I would support it 100%. Because we got lucky. We, we, we're still working. I didn't fall off the edge of the cliff. I, like, this is what I've done. The, the, the entertainment industry has treated me pretty well. I've made a good living and continue to and plan to for the rest of my life. So I wouldn't deter it at all. Listen, most people cannot say that they've managed to stay in one profession for 40 years. It's true. I've been in SAG longer than my wife has been alive. Okay, hey! Yeah. Yeah. That's that means a, something. That's a swaggy line right there. It's a struggle, but I have to do this on my own. That's fine. I got I got another one of those in me. One day I was playing basketball. Yeah, and then and it was done. Yeah, no, I was playing basketball at Crossroads. Yeah. And it's a 24-year-old kid. He gave me just the easiest inside-out movement. That's just... Just inside out go. And he was like, my feet were just. He just shook you. My, my feet were just in cement. And I, and, I, and, and I took it like really personal for a second. I was like, of course you yo, did. like, hold up, dog. Like, we play defense. And then he did it again on a fast break. And, but I could tell that he eased up. Nice. And, and, and that was like unofficially like the day I kind of retired. Yeah. yeah. Like I just stopped going back to that run. Yeah. Yeah, you went to Starbucks and got croissants. I never, I and just. You, you left the basketball I, I just, Retirement is not sexy. And it doesn't come with any notice. It was just, and it's a moment that this kid may never, ever, it means nothing to him. Well, not right now, but I mean, he'll have to retire at one, at one point. He'll get checked by some younger kid just sidestepping him inside out. And he'll go through the same shit. He'll be at Starbucks <laughs> getting a croissant. We used to make fun of old dudes in their 40s. We used to yeah. make fun of those dudes. Yeah trying to play pickup with us, and now I'm that age. That's the part that I used to. I used to make fun of my dad because I grew up skateboarding. So I used to make fun of my dad every time he got on my skateboard. I was like, oh, man, you're going to kill yourself. And now, like, I swear that's not going to be me. Yeah, no. Like, I go out and practice skateboarding just so I'm not that guy. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> gotcha. This just seems like... A really bad idea. <laughs> I won. He hit the phone first. By like a millisecond. By like a millisecond. Hey, I'll take it. Uh, I need a break. Yeah. Here's the thing that I know we have in common. Your mom was your manager and my mom was my manager. Yeah. My mom started as my manager and then she became my business manager because she's really good with money. Okay. And then my dad was my manager. I remember that. Your, your mom wasn't Single. a stage mom. Yeah. Yeah. She wasn't a stage mom at all. And neither was mine. Stage moms were scary. The hover mom. Yeah. Scary. Yeah, my mom actually had no clue what I did on the set. Yeah. Nor... She had no clue about the trajectory of my career. I don't think my mom even looked at it as yeah. a career nope. at that point. She was like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. My mom just wanted me to make money to go to college. Yeah, totally. She didn't think like, he'll be doing this at 46. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. Gail White definitely. Yeah, I, de I, I definitely didn't think I'll be doing this. I didn't think I'd be alive at 46. <laughs> the fact that I'm alive and I'm still acting, amazing. Was the fact that your mom was your manager, though, did it change your dynamic with your mom? Because I know it did with, with Mama Hong. 
the dynamic changed a little bit when my mom was my business manager because mm. then at that point she was going, don't waste your money on that. What's yeah. wrong with you? And it was like, I, I didn't want that or I didn't welcome that at the time because I was a kid. Okay. I wanted to spend my money how I wanted to spend it. She was like, I'm a little more responsible than you. So no, don't, you don't need five cars. That's, you can only drive one. Our sponsor today has the number one wish for gift of the year, Manscaped. The best in men's below and above the belt grooming. Manscaped is here to ensure you're taking care of your manhood and your nose hairs with their new performance package. Included in this new package is the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, which is waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor power 360 degree rotary dual blade system. Let's not forget their famous liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver, Ball Toner to maximize your ball hygiene routine. <laughs> Tis the season to manscape, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, and friends the best gift of all, the Manscaped Performance Package. The Performance Package is the best value that Manscaped has to offer. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code EVER at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And don't forget to use that code ever. Hey, I'm using this thing, dog. This is nice. I'm about to be groomed for somebody. Hey, everyone, listen up. I've got a fun new podcast. It's called Radical Musings with me, Rosanna Arquette. It's having conversations with some of my most favorite people. Innovators, resistors, artists, Ronan Farrow. Very early in our history, we talked about people who know about government malfeasance should blow the whistle about it. Jane Fonda. Look at what happened after George Floyd was murdered and there were people marching with Black Lives Matter. That brought me great hope. Those who push boundaries and often those fearless enough to fight for justice and equality. I want to know what inspires them and fuels their passion and how that passion manifests itself. Welcome to Rabbi Mordecai Finley. I feel my work is to bring healing to humankind. Susie Landolfi. I can't just keep saying I just got shit from my childhood. I also got tremendous strength. This is Radical Musings, brought to you by the fine folks at Audio Up. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Missed Riffs, a podcast about bands that dreamt of becoming Beyonce, but ended up working out of Bed Bath & Beyonce instead. In this season of Missed Riffs, you'll hear the story of McElbarrow, the wokest white rapper ever. Cancel Goodnight Moon. The bro country band Two Scars. And SoundCloud rapper Sushi Roll FaceTime. No regrets. Missed Riffs, stories of bands that reached for the golden ring, but ended up getting ringworm instead. Do you feel like you traded in your teen years for a version of yourself that wasn't you? I don't know. It's kind of, that's, that's impossible to answer. I mean, I, I do. Do you really? Oh yeah, I definitely do. I don't. I don't regret it, but yeah, I do. I don't, I don't feel like I was robbed of anything because the, the experiences that I had are, that I have are incredible. Do you feel like that there's a portion of your teen years that was just like you were kind of being someone else in order to satisfy crowds and people and, and pe you know, and producers around you? Yeah, but I mean, wouldn't you be anyway? I guess you would in high school. That's all showbiz is. It's just yeah. a big, out of control yeah. high school. Totally. Right? Yeah, it's all about clicks and popularity. And there all you go. That, so. All right. 
what we do is just a bigger version. It's just a <laughs> yeah. way it's a bigger, bigger version stage. of yeah. high school. Yeah. That's yeah. what it is. <laughs> How do you manage the highs and lows of this business so you can preserve your self-worth? Because I, the thing I'm most impressed with when it comes to you and I is yeah. I feel like we feel normal as heck. But I think that's the key. For me, at least it is, is it's just a job. Say it. It's not, I don't get my sense of self-worth from work. I don't get it from being on set. I don't get it from those people. I get it when I go home and I see my wife and I see my kids. Like those are the things, you know, when I'm laying in a hospital bed and they're around me, that's what's going to mean something. Not, not the jobs that I've done or who I worked with or who I did a scene with. That does, that's not going to matter. That lives forever on film. So, but that's just one aspect. That's not me. That's what I did. That's, that was my job. And I think, I think the more we can keep that separated, that's what works for me. Jonathan Brandis, we both grew up with that cat. Yeah. You remember where you were when you found out that he had taken his life? I don't remember where I was, but I remember Jonathan was one of the, if not the first person that I had lost that was my age that made me step back and realize that um, that I can't put so much importance on what it is I do. Like this is, it was just a reminder of like, just keep doing what I'm doing. Like, you know, I, I, I don't live to work, I work to live. And so it's different. I have a different, I have a different outlook on, on, on life. Uh, that's, that was a big one for me of like, you know, I, cause I had known him and, and other kids who had been really pressured by their parents and pressured by outside forces to succeed. And that's way too much pressure than anybody should have from anyone or for themselves. I think at that point, that was a really good reminder to like step back and go, Okay, this is really cool what I'm doing, but if it stopped tomorrow, I've had I've had a really cool time so far. And I'll find some other stuff to do. Now you've done an amazing job of managing your personal life as you've gotten older, especially. And that's I, I just feel like we're all gonna make the little mistakes that you're supposed to make in your twenties and your thirties or whatever. Right. But as we've gotten older, when I run into you, I'm like, this dude really has it together. And I think that's that's the your your, your belief in family. It's the errors and the, the things that haven't gone right for me to go, okay, I'm going to do it differently next time. But, you know, it's, it changes the way you look at things. Like when you, when you don't have kids and you spend money on dumb stuff on cars <laughs> and clothes and, you know, all that stuff. And you, you act like a baller and then you look back on it and you go, where the fuck did all that money go? What's the biggest power trip you've ever seen on a set? By an actor. <laughs> Do I have to give names now? Heck no. No, Heck no. we ain't trying to get in trouble. I've seen a lot. <laughs> I think the one that bugs me the most is people that are late to set. That drives me insane. That's a huge pet peeve for me. Got it. Why, are you always, you always late? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm actually good with time. I'm actually right. good with time. 
If there's no money involved, I'm bad with time. Right? <laughs> nobody, if there's money involved, there's I'm no on money time. involved. Yeah, they get what they, <laughs> they get. They get what they get. <laughs> but if there's money involved, I'm on time. The biggest power trip I think I ever saw came from. I will throw his name out there because it was just funny. Uh, William Shatner. Yeah. Not <laughs> All you have to say is William Shatner. I was supposed to play like a hot shot lawyer that uh, that their firm was recruiting. Right. And in rehearsals, he he pinched my cheek. Just randomly at the end of his line, he's like, you're going to make a fine lawyer. Just pinches my cheek like that. Now, you know, as actors, if you're going to touch another actor, you might want to just give him a heads up, say right. something, whatever. I didn't trip. I didn't bug, though. But so right before we shot, the director, John, was like, oh, Bill, um, the, the cheek thing, you don't have to do that. And so he, John tries to skedaddle on back behind the camera. And Bill was like, well, was like, no, I'm, I, I like that move. And I can see Candace Bergen, like, literally take a giant step back because she knows what's coming. And that's the actor-director conversation where they're not on the same page. Right. Meanwhile, I'm the one getting touched. Ain't nobody asking me, Jack. Right. right? I'm a prop. I'll be yeah. shooting prop right now. Right? Yeah. So yeah. they get this long, drawn-out discussion about the motivation of it. And then finally, you know, William Shatter turns to me and he was like, hey, you know, do you mind that I squeeze your cheek like that? Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, um, I want us both to be comfortable right. as it's actors. Not my favorite, it, but you started a show, so I'm yeah. not about to contest yeah. you. Yeah. You know, I want us You're both. Number one on the call sheet. Yeah, yeah, I want us both to be comfortable. So you know, um, you know, we should do what makes us comfortable. I still didn't defend myself, right? Right. So finally, he says, "Fine, I won't do it." And the director walk gets ready to walk back behind the camera, and then he turns to the director and he goes, "But I want everybody to know, I think you've been wrong." He says to the director, "And you've been wrong a lot this week." And you probably won't be back. <laughs> so we 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 crush the scene. The scene. Shanner's yeah, awesome. right. Well, crush the, there's certain people that just get away with this stuff. He's and a legend. Is he's a legend. Yeah. So he's like, whatever, yeah. right? We do the scene, and uh, I was actually happy with the scene. And then he turns to me and he goes, "You know, that was quite a take you gave there. Have you ever heard of a guy named Jack Benny? Now, of course, I've heard of Jack Benny or whatever. He said that was kind of a Jack Benny. He might be before your time. He was like, you know, if you stick with this." Yeah. You're going places. Yeah. yeah. The There's cam- a future in it for the you. The cameraman literally looks from behind <laughs> the camera at both of us, and I'm almost like, don't get me in any more trouble. Captain Kirk just told Urkel he's going places. <laughs> right. And the- you might make it, kid. I definitely learned a lot yeah. during that during that time period, man. Now, this has been great, dog. Come on, man. I got to get you out of here. You're, you're a beast. You're a beast up here. Thanks, brother. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find the ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.